that time. I was a junior, I think, maybe a sophomore, junior. I had two more years left to go. And uh, we had we had three kids. Our, uh, our oldest has gone home. Uh, had a heart had a heart condition. And uh, is this on? Is this is this working? Digitals are showing up, so we're hey, we're we're live and we're uh, going at it. I have a I have a grand I have a daughter and then I have a son. They're both married, and I uh, have we have eleven grandkids between the two of them. So, yeah, once they figured out how to you know it's like oh, it was like okay, we like this part. So, listen, you guys, um, we're going to uh, not waste any time. I I I. I what, where's the clock? There it is. Okay, so uh, I hope to have you out of here on time. Okay, and if that's okay with you. And um, I know the kids are all looking forward to what's right. What's right up the street here? DQ. Right? You guys, you guys get uh, anything at all from Dairy Queen or no? No. Oh man. Okay, I'll have to change my sermon then. Just sort of, yeah, kind of like, hey, kids. So <clears throat> we're going to go into the book of uh, Philippians. And the reason we're going in the book of Philippians is to take another look at one of Paul's prayers. Paul is praying, and it's a prayer that is a model for us. We need to take it seriously or not. And we, I talked this morning about the 148,998 books that are available on Amazon on the, you know, on the topic of prayer. And here we have in, within this book a rich, um, a rich uh, resources just for that prayers that were actually written by God. Right? God actually wrote the prayers, right? Because who wrote the book of Philippians? Let me, ooh, is that, is that can I ask one of the kids? Is that, does that get me in trouble? All right, who wrote the book of Philippians? Who do you think, what was this man's name? Starts with a P, ends with an L. Who was it? Paul is the exact and the correct answer. That's correct. Paul is the correct answer. So that puts you at the head of the class. Good for you. Now, Paul was, was writing under or the supervision of or the superintendency of and borne along by another author. An author that was behind Paul when he, Paul wrote. Can you think of who that might have been? Starts with a G, ends with a D. God is exactly correct. Another brilliant student. Good for you. That's correct. God actually wrote the prayer. So when we read in the book of Philippians, we're going to be in chapter 1, and we're going to start with 3. We'll end at 11. And uh, if you if you all are there, you guys all uh, have your Bibles open. All right, um, Philippians. So remember, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. So we want to be there. And this says, um, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now 
For I am confident of this very thing, verse 6, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it or perfect it, complete it, until the day of Christ Jesus. The day of Christ Jesus. Now we're going to see that in a second here. For it is only right for me, in verse 7, to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound, and here comes his prayer, still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Now, mine says until the day of Christ, but it, it, um, it actually before the day of Christ. It could be that too, so for the day of Christ. So having been, then verse 11, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Christ, Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, Paul, Paul has a personal and vested interest in the folks at Philippi. The reason he does is because he first landed in the shores of, of this Macedonia, which is southern Europe, and he began a church there. You all remember the story. I would ask you which of the two, which of the three missionary journeys was it that Paul was on when he came to this Macedonian town of Philippi? And you would say, you would say the second one, that's correct, that's the correct answer. You would say the second one. He came, he was in Troas. Remember, if you'll remember, he was in Troas. And Troas is near where old Troy used to be. And he gets a vision at night. And then he, he sees a man from Macedonia saying, help us, help us. And so he knows, he tells the, his team, he tells his team, this is where we have to go. And off they go. They set sail. They sail to the island of Samothrace during the first day. The next day they get up, get on the boat, and sail from there to the little uh, harbor town of Neapolis. And then from Neapolis, they walk uphill, up, uphill to Philippi. They, there was not a Jewish synagogue in that town, so on, uh, he found out that there's some people who resort to the river to pray, and uh, that would be called a riparian, a riparian prayer uh, meeting was there, and that's where he meets Lydia, the seller of purple, and starts his town. And then, of course, he winds up in jail. He winds up in jail in that town. He and Silas, you probably can't get to be as old as you are and not have been hurt, had the story told of Silas and, and Paul in a jail singing at night and then the earthquake. Okay. So... There's Paul, and he's writing a letter to these people, and he, they are some of his favorite people. And you can tell from the tone of the letter. He's just, I rejoice, and my affection is for you. I love you guys. I'm happy for you. I, I'm so glad for you. And Paul now begins to pray for them, yes? He begins to pray for this church. Now, he, he, I'm sure he has prayed many prayers for this church and for the people, yes? But... None of them have been caught until, in other words, this one was the one that was caught. It was caught, written down, and preserved all these many decades, no centuries, no millennia, for us. And 
we have to decide tonight, is this an important prayer or not? And I'm going to show you that it is not an important prayer. Okay? So here it goes. He says in verse 9, For this I pray, and here it comes, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment so that you may be able to approve or you will approve the things that are excellent. Now the NIV doesn't say that. The NIV takes a different slant on it and it says that you may discern what is best. He says, so that you may discern what is best in order that to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ or in the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruits of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let me just say this. You should be praying for your church, wherever you church. I do not know where you church up, Rachel, but you should be praying for that. This is a prayer you should pray for. It. This is a prayer that you should um, put in your own words and pray for it. I'm going to show you why. He says that <clears throat> I am praying that your love may abound still more and more. And we're gonna, you're going to ask the question, love, love of what? Love, love of uh, chocolate? Love of, uh, love of your neighbor? Love of the word? Love of uh, offerings? Love of the what? what? What's the love of? And I think the ticket is to look at the so that. This is, the, in the grammarians, they call this an, a, a, a protasis and then an apotasis, right? If this is the condition is true, if then this will be true. And if we look at the then this will be true, we'll see that it is that you may approve the things that are excellent. Um, <clears throat> the NET, and can I just throw this in here? You, you should, I know you probably may have a, your favorite Bible. That's excellent that you have the favorite Bible, but you should be, you should be reading out of many versions. All right? You should do that. By now, I'm sure you have plenty around the house. You should consider that. And the NET reads, so that you can decide what is best and be sincere, and so, and so be sincere and blameless for the day of Christ. The NIV is going to read, which I just quoted to you, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Right? and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And the ESV is going to read pretty much like the King James, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. NASB we just read, King James reads that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without fence, offense rather, till the day of Christ. And then the, the NCV, uh, do, do any of you use the NCV? Can I just throw a plug in here for the uh, New Century Version? Um, it reads this way. It says that you will see the difference between good and bad and will choose the good that you may be pure and without wrong for the coming of Christ. The, the, the NCV, the New uh, Century Version, is a legitimate Bible translated by, from the Greek, to a level at which grade school kids, the grammar school kids, like, can get it, okay? It's deliberately, it is not, it is not like the Reader's Digest version, it's not like, like that, like the NLT or the Amplified, it is, 
um, de deliberately written to target the little ones, and I'm just throwing that out there whether you take advantage of that or not. Many times I've been in church and, and I see the folks uh, just giving out King James Bibles to the little ones, and quite frankly, I'm in Iwana with the kids, and they don't they don't pick up on it that quickly. Okay, that you have to. All right, so <clears throat> end of the plug. I have no I have no vested interest in the NCV, but the the phrase "approve that which is excellent" is probably best illustrated by some examples. All right. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to, I, I, you can't get this back, but I have a little girl who was in Sunday school where I hang out, yes, where I church up at, and that little girl would come to Sunday school and would complain about uh, nightmares and say, you know, uh, Mrs. Miller, pray for my nightmares, okay? Well, it turns out that it turns out that you know your kids leak everything. They just they know everything that goes on in your house. And believe me, if you if you watch it, they'll tell about it. But it turns out that the family, mom and dad, along with the kids, are watching Freddy Krueger movies. Yes, now Freddy Krueger uh, is a, a horror uh, guy. He's scary. He's it's it's, a, it's it's kind of bloody. Yeah, and you would think is that approving what is excellent? You would, you would think, that's not a good idea to do that. Okay, um, if, you, if, if we were to take a uh, <coughs> uh, Ouija board, do you remember Ouija boards? Has anybody in here done a Ouija board? Man, I'm so happy that you guys have never fiddled with that because that would not be approving something that is excellent at all. You don't want the kids to get involved with that at all. Now, here, this could get a little tricky because this could, I could get fired over this one, but there is this thing called uh, Harry Potter, and he's all the rage right now. And um, I have, I think of the, the lady that was in my uh, ABF, and she, she denounces it and says, you should not be exposing the kids to this because the stuff with the occult, the stuff is, is not something to joke with. It is not something to, to begin with or even to tamper or even open the door or spread a curtain to have a view and look and look see. Okay? That would be, she's, she's, she says the reason I know that is because I'm like, I'm sensitive to that because I came out of that. So those are examples of choices that are not so excellent, yes? <coughs> Another example is the life of, <clears throat> remember Whitney Houston? <sighs> Whitney Houston was a, a gifted singer who came up out of churches. She came up out of the church and she turned to a life of singing um, for glamour, for something other than the Lord. Yes? Not? Would that, would that have been a good choice? Because how did her life end? You remember how she she mar she got married to a guy, and she ends up dying of, of, of drugs, okay. And and um, I I would say that you would have to say that. Um, uh, and I think I heard that in this morning. I thought I caught a little ear of that this morning, but like there's there's fewer of you here tonight than there were out there in the morning, were there not? 
um, where I hang out, I can tell you that in, in the evening, um, uh, out of 300 and say 320 or 330 or 350 in the morning's attendance, there might be 40 of us, okay? And for the evening, for the Wednesday night service, and I don't know what your Wednesday night looks like, but I'm just, I'm just going to stick my neck out and say it's probably lighter than this. Okay. And it's, it is discouraging to you. It is discouraging to you. It has to be. It's discouraging to me. And I look at those empty seats and those empty pews, and I'm kind of, I kind of grumble a little bit, like, where are you? Do you not know that the scriptures say that you should not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is? No, but you should encourage each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Yes, as the day coming. Yes. Well, so um, I, I can tell you that they probably have not made a good choice. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, maybe you're on Facebook. It's a good way of keeping in touch of who's doing what. And sure enough, there's, there's folks <laughs> from the morning service, and they've now gone to the ball game on Sunday, and they're taking selfies of themselves, and you're thinking, how in the world are you going to get from there back home, change your clothes, and get to church by 6 o'clock? Well, it doesn't happen. Would you, say, would you say that they've just approved things that are excellent? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <clears throat> I have, um, if, I, if I go by the numbers, I have, um, I have 500 people on our list, on our, in, our, in our church, 500. Now, we don't really, we should realistically adjust that to 350, but, but you can see that on a Wednesday night, I counted, I counted 21 in, in the prayer meeting on Wednesday night, which, which tells me that I have, I have, yes, I have 317 perfectly good reasons people are for not being there. You have to ask, is that like a good choice? Because should you not, should we not all be sitting under the word, under the impression of the word, so that it like has its effect on us? Should we not be doing that? And, um, <clears throat> um, some of the, uh, things that happen are people that, like, I noticed here you don't have that, but years years ago, uh, we had uh, uh, some teenagers, our, our college and career crew, <coughs> decided it would be nice <coughs> as a service to the body to take one of those tables, those portable tables, set it out, <coughs> put some coffee urns, you know, the push-down kind, okay, <coughs> get that ready for us, and we could come by and get a coffee on our way to an ABF, yeah. And what has happened is we've turned that portable table into a permanent marble, black marble surround top counter with, now we have donuts and muffins and all, all sorts of hot chocolate and coffee and you name it, we got it all. And what's happening is that some of the folks are kind of, uh, I, I want to use the word gad flying, if I say gad flying, would you, you kind of know where I'm talking there, Bill? They just kind of stand there and they talk and they mill about. Okay, <clears throat> is that a good choice? Should they not be in Sunday school? Yeah, I think they should be in Sunday school. I think you would agree with me on that. 
Um, how about the um, how about our movie selection, right? You you you, fi you look in Facebook and it's like some people are going to this movie and they're having a great time, and you're thinking, okay, is that a is that a careful selection? Is that going to be so? What makes it something a, a good selection? What makes it a good selection? What what makes websites that you visit good websites, or the music you listen to good web, or the or collectibles, or it's like this. It's measured by the day of Christ. Isn't that what he says here? Doesn't that he says? To be sincere and blameless un until or on the day of Christ, for the day of Christ. In other words, he, Christ is going to have his day. Christ is going to have his day. And we're all going to be presenting stuff to make him be glorious. It's going to be a glorious moment for God the Father. It's going to be a glorious moment, right? There's going to be praise for him. And so we, gonna, we don't want to show up and have the sum total of our choices, of life's choices, to be something like, well, you should have seen my kitchen. Man, I kept a really spotless kitchen. That's not going to carry any weight on that day. Oh, you should have seen my lawn. Oh, that baby was sweet. No, that's not going to carry any oomph on that day. That's not going to glorify God or Christ on that day, okay? So the things that we do, we need to take the long, the long shot. What, what is this on the last day, on the day of Christ? Really, what, what is this going to matter? What, I'm reading a book, right? What is that book? It's a novel. It's a dime novel. Or I'm watching a television show. Or I'm waxing cars. It's like, how does that add up? So here's where we get in trouble. Because I'm just like you. That is, I sit there and I, I'm an usher. One of the things an usher gets to do is an, an usher stands at the back and he's, he stands and he's waiting to, to like go. And the usher it gets a chance to look at people and we all, and they have, you know, we got this little gadget right here, yeah? And people are going to go on like this. And it lights up their face. You can see it lighting up their face, right? And teenagers are terrible because they just have, they should, they give everything away. Somebody is looking at something and all, on either side of the team that's got the glass, are the other all laughing and kind of poking at it. So it's a dead giveaway. You could tell they're not using their Bible on this app, right? And so I got this idea. I got this clever idea. You're going to love this idea. I thought, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invent an illegal device that the FCC cannot know about this device because I would get arrested. And it's going to be in a, a, a bag, a satchel, and I just reach in and I turn the little switch on, and the battery-powered unit begins to jam a signal jammer all for 100 feet all the way around, yes? I knew you'd like it. Especially, especially because right now, like Bob, he, he doesn't have to worry about cars or driver license for these kids, but, you know, turn around, Bob, and these kids are going to be like, down the road and you're going to think man I don't want them to use their phones when they're on the road and so you'll hook it up you'll put it in the back you won't tell anybody you'll put it in the trunk puts a rug over it and then connect it to the ignition and they start the car up and as soon as they go down the road all their buddies that are riding in the car with them the glass is just doing this right no connectivity hey how can you ask for something better than that so I realize that my idea isn't going to work. Here's not why it's not going to work. Because Paul, Paul is saying it's not going to work. 
you can go ahead and tell your kids, all right, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and you're going to do this. And you're not going to do that. Right? You, can, like, you can legislate their performance, but you can't get a hold of people's heart. And that's what Paul's after. Paul says, you can't reach in and twist the heart the way it's supposed to be. That is now helping us to explain why he says, I'm asking that your love would abound more and more so that in knowledge and in discernment you will approve the things that are excellent. People who are in love with the Lord, with his word, with his church, with his saints, will automatically think of that which is good for the Lord, for his saints, for his church. Yes? And that's why Paul is saying that. That's how we determine what it is. Is it good for the Lord, for the saints, for the church? He's asking us to do that. Now, we're, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice prayer. It's a perfectly good in prayer, but I told you this is not an important prayer. This is, this is not an important prayer. So why would it be in the Bible if it's not important? All right, so I need, to, I need to use this as an illustration. I have to imagine that you have some money and you've got a boat, a boat about as long as this room so that it has cabins underneath. Awesome, eh? Out in Lake Michigan. And you're kind of rolling along. You're going north or something to Muskegon and you're going to spend some time there with relatives. Yes, and now you're out on the back and one of the kids comes up to you. You know which kid it's going to be because it's, there's always one that just tells you everything. And he says, Papa, Papa, there's water. Uh, the, the carpeting is wet on, down below. And you think, somebody spilled something, whatever. Okay, we'll take care of it. And then another one of your kids come up and say, no, no, Papa, there's water down in the... And, and so you, what? So you go down and take a look, and sure enough, there's two inches of water there's two inches of water over the carpet in the lower, uh, lower hole. You're not sinking, but you're taking on water. And then you look up at the countertop, and there's the scuttle plug. It has not been put in. The scuttle plug isn't where it's supposed to be. And you realize that if you don't do something pretty quick, you're looking at floating around in Lake Michigan, you know, a mile offshore, hoping, because your boat's going to go down, you've got to do something. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Is it important that the scuttle plug be put back in? And I'm saying, no, it's not important. It's more than important. It's essential. It's a matter of life and death. If you don't get that, you've got to get that plug in. It's not, it's not an option. Things that are important, okay, things that are important make it to clipboards, yes? Things that are important seem how to kind of make it into a list, and as they're listed, then they're prioritized. Oh, this, right? You move things around. You say, well, uh, here, here, God's important, so I'll put him at the top of the list, and then, you know, my family's, oh, I better put my wife, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. Put my wife there, and then I'll put the family... And then I'll put the car, and then I'll put the job. Oh, wait a minute, I better put the job up here because, you know, I need it. So, so you end up, you know, juggling all this stuff around. Th that's how something, you know something is important. I'm suggesting to you that this prayer isn't important. I'm suggesting to you that this prayer is essential. 
And I'm saying that, yes, you have empty pews out there. All right? I'm saying that you have empty pews. And I'm saying, shame on you and me. Not on them, on you and me. I want to say, shame on them for making the choices they make. Shame on them for not contributing. Shame on them for not attending. Shame on them. I, I want to do that. Because if I do that, see, that makes me feel much better about myself. And I go home, and I say, see, what do you think of that, Lord? I, I got them, didn't I? Now, if this prayer is essential, then it tells me that you are where you are, and I am an evangel where I am because of a lousy prayer life. Now, I haven't been praying this prayer because of one of two things. I either have never, ever seen it before, and it's like, duh, the light bulb just came on, or B, I really don't care. I don't think it's because you don't care. I don't think it's because I don't care. It's because I've never seen it before. I've never seen that it is a matter of prayer. It's not something I can legislate. I can't, that little device I have that, you know, in the satchel, yeah, that, that isn't going to turn somebody's heart on. That's not going to connect the, you know, the motherboard with a broken solder joint in it. That's not going to reach in and do that. I'm appealing to you this, that you, you and I have, uh, we need to be warriors in prayer on this matter. That this is, uh, in some ways, I could walk into, you could walk into a church and you can say, I, I tell you what, I don't see anybody praying this way. I don't see anybody. There, there's sure, certainly, this God wrote this prayer. He answers this prayer. Why aren't we praying this prayer? Don't make this an important prayer. When you sit down at night, whenever the, or your prayer time is in the morning, whenever you get out your three by five cards or your four by sixes or whatever you use, your Rolodex or however you do it, maybe you use a notebook, whatever your format is, when you pray that prayer, make sure that you include this. It is essential. It is not important. Yes? It's essential because he wrote it. He gave it to us. And you don't have to go to Amazon.com to get that prayer. Now, it's five minutes to 12, and I ended on time. So you guys all owe me. No, I'm just kidding. You don't owe me anything. All right? So let's, let's, uh, let's pray, shall we? And then we'll, we'll uh, do what comes next. I think we sing a song. Do we not sing a song? One more song? Okay. Father, we thank you again for this. We ask, God, that we would be forgiven for not, for not praying that our love would abound more and more. God, we, I have not, in the years I've gone to evangel, I have not and realized now that I should have been praying this years ago. I should have been praying this. You wrote this prayer for me to pray, and I have not been praying it. God, I ask that you'd forgive me, and I pray that you would instill in me and in these the reality of this prayer, this, this, this prayer is never going to fall, uh, hit the ceiling and come back. This prayer was written by you, designed by you, and it is intended for your people to pray. I ask that you would uh, instill in us desire and ability, a fever, as it were, a fever, to have Christ exalted and known and glorified, that we might proclaim him and that we might
teach every man, admonishing every man with every wisdom or with all wisdom that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. I ask that you would do such a thing in the name of him whom we love, whom is our boss, the one whom we work for, uh, delight in, and magnify the one whom we bow down before, this one whom we cannot wait for his return. We're excited about that, whose name is Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Look at that, two minutes. I did it. <laughs>